welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. So could this pandemic and everything around it be a catalyst to rehabilitate humanity? Welcome to episode number 68. Today, I'm talking to holistic health educator, author, and researcher, Ronnie Landis. We're going to talk about everything happening right now and what he calls the theatrical production. We're going to talk about social engineering, the cycles of crisis in the world the secrets that are being revealed right now, and the new normal that's around the corner. We're also going to talk about empowering the immune system, the science of cold therapy, and neurogenic tremoring. Ronnie, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So what would you say is the birthright of a human being? Okay, great question to to just pop right off with. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's it's sovereignty. Sovereignty is the birthright of all human beings, and and we can elaborate and expand upon its meaning. And there's multiple uh, dimensions and layers to the onion of that particular conversation. But it, but it's sovereignty. It's 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 having full agency and autonomy of our own of our own consciousness, of our own physiology, our physicality, our physical body, having agency over our health, what we put in our mouth, what we do when we do it, and who we choose to do it with. That's that's really our birthright, total creative freedom, creative influence over our reality, you know, in a nutshell. A lot of that is sort of slowly being taken away right now. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I would say the perception of that is is one fractal of of I don't want to use the word possibility. It's it's one it's one particular timeline on the holographic screen of the theatrical production that is currently taking place right now on planet Earth. And most of that's being transmitted through the mainstream media and then alternative media and alternative journalists um, broadcasting on the internet. And the way that I look at it right now is you just have a lot of different narratives playing out and some narratives are clashing against each other. Um, they have almost like a bipartisan type of support, depending on which, which if you lean right or you lean left. And um, if you're more in the center, more neutral, more independent, so to speak, independent yeah. thinker, then um, you can kind of gather the different pieces of information, the different uh, constellation of data points that you find on the internet that, that, are, that are informing the particular narrative that our own, our own sovereign minds are tracking. Mm. Um, that's the thing I find most interesting <clears throat> right now. It really is a choose-your-own-adventure story, right? There's so much, not just information, but again, there's so much narrativizing, so many different timeline projections and what i mean by timeline projections is is the particular timeline that we as a collective human race are on and we're we're not all on the same timeline you know we're not in the singularity point we're we're very much in this dual dualistic or contrasting type of experience where each individual 
is is overlaying their particular their particular experience their their I should say it this way they're overlaying their experience based on their um, their interpretation of reality we're really given the opportunity to exercise our own sovereignty this is the moment in time where it's all coming to a head all secrets are being revealed mm -hmm. everything that's been held in the the deep underground tunnels in the shadows um, of humanity is literally being unearthed right in front of us. And those who have eyes to see have already seen and already seeing. And those who don't, um, well, I can't really speak about those people because I don't really know what's going on with them. Um, you know, I've kind of actually chosen to focus on the living, right? And to focus on those that do have eyes to see and do have ears to hear and have already heard the call. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is there is, a mass exodus of people that are that are rejecting themselves out of the the pre-programmed cultural societal software narrative yep. and are choosing something different and it's an interesting thing to to witness um the the galvanizing of of people that might have been leaning in a particular direction right interpret that however you like but are now waking up out of that particular illusory program, if you will, the conditioning um, that we've all been subject to, without a doubt, and are um, you know are going in a different direction. It's just really interesting this this idea of like the silent majority. Mm. Well, the silent majority ain't so silent anymore. And now, what used to be fringe and used to be kind of like out there. Um, uh, whatever you want to say, conspiracy theory or tinfoil hat wearing kind of <laughs> ideas. Now that's actually made its way to the mainstream and has actually become the majority versus the minority. I think the, the minority is actually those people that, um, that have not, have not woken up out of the dream spell, so to speak. Mm. Um, and th so that's just really the interesting thing, you know, when you bring up something like that, you know, this idea like our freedoms are being taken away from us. Well, my understanding and my tracking of history is that <clears throat> every 40 years, it seems like we go through a particular cycle in our society within the, the, the transition of the generations, within the, 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 um, the transition of uh, cycles. It's really cyclical continuity that seems to happen. So you have these breakdowns for breakthroughs, and it kind of keeps going on like that. And so what I notice is, where we are right now is not that different than where we were literally a hundred years ago to this to this day with the the swine flu hmm. um and uh you know that's a whole interesting thing right in there but just looking at kind of like looking at a little kind of backing off from like what appears to be real on the surface hmm. and the narrative and the, the the theatrical production that's being broadcast to us because th this theatrical production has a it has a conclusion point that it's seeking the, the 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 energy if you will of this particular timeline is seeking a conclusion point and this 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 timeline that i'm speaking about has been going on for thousands and thousands of years yeah and so i my my thing now is like i'm stoked i'm relieved i'm mm. i'm just like thank goodness it all came to a head because i think a lot of us could feel for many 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 years that you know, something's not right. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I'm sure you definitely like myself and many of our contemporaries, our friends and our peer group, 
we've been on this for a long time, whether it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's the, the medical malpractice and the allopathic and the pharmaceutical industry, yeah. genetically modified foods, um, chemtrails, chemtrails, the, the chemical warfare that has been thrust upon us in all the, uh, you know, un, um, unimaginable amount of, of chemical pollutants that have been, you know, thrown into our atmosphere, you know, since the early 1940s, the advent of the Industrial Revolution, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. That, that we, we, have been, we have been born into an aberrant situation that somehow, by the grace of God, and somehow how this, this miracle of a body, this technology that none of us even really have a true understanding of beyond just basic anatomy and physiology and, and, you know, all the things that we're learning, the microbiome and all that, that's still a very rudimentary understanding of like, how has this body actually been able to not only survive, but in many cases thrive through the onslaught and the pressure of a junk food upbringing of a processed food upbringing of, of, you know, everything that that's been um, pressurized upon us somehow We've been able to to take that pressure, and many of us have been able to kind of turn lead into gold. And for some other people, it's been maybe a different story. And so we're all making our way through this this aberrant, abstract uh, uh, reality, if you will. And now we're at a place where like all secrets are being revealed. Mm. And thank goodness, it's about time. We've definitely been socially engineered. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, it's time to become self-reliant. I did an episode some time ago on becoming more self-sufficient. I had Curtis Stone on here and, you know, creating market gardens and homesteads. And, and he said something very revealing that it's a time where some people are going this way the 5G way, the technological way, and other people are going the so-called 5D way. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're getting into their sovereign side. They're, they're getting away from the city. They're creating a homestead, yes. you know? Yes. Let's collect rainwater. Let's make the garden. Let's, let's get the solar going, and, mm-hmm. and let's free ourselves from the attachment of society. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as well? I mean, 100% well put. I mean, that's, that's, that's in a nutshell, right? Like, yeah, definitely. We, we have been socialized through social conditioning, subtle forms of MK ultra mind control and through mm. the media subliminal messages. The, again, the, the, the narrativizing of our reality, there's been a narrator narrating our personal reality and we've been homogenized in this uh, collective soup uh, this homogenized collective soup. And, um, we, we, you know, it's, it's very, it's nothing short of, of, you know, uh, factory farming for humans. Maybe it's, it's grass fed, um, for some and, and you know, <laughs> wild, you know, like ranging, you know, wild ranging and, and yeah. that kind of thing. It's that kind of model. And so there, there's definitely been a human farming operation and that the trickle down effect of that is what we see through the subsets of the agricultural system, the, whether it's animal agriculture, it's plant agriculture, just in that tip, you know, there, there's, interesting challenges and and pros and cons with both and depending on how you go it's really just depending on where your consciousness is at and what's fueling um what's fueling it you know um but that that that's a you know we can go a lot of different directions with that but yeah ultimately to to you know to your point yes um there there again there's a mass exodus and there's a from the the plug-in drug 
Mm. Right. And the people are unplugging and and really in this like in between limbo state of like whatever whatever was our reality, whatever was our life, whatever was our particular paradigmical belief systems, our paradigms, those have all been shattered on the riverbanks of reality. And I think for a lot a lot of people, there's there's different kind of uh, different kind of um, I guess categories where a lot of people are at. I, I would just say there's people that are forerunning on the front lines that have 2020 vision mm. and have been in preparation through their own awakening, through their own um, you know taking their power back over just their bodies. That that's that's sovereignty 101. We have to start with our bodies. We have to start with the purification of our temple and rebuilding this body and um and then everything kind of follows from there um so for for a lot of us that have been on that tip for a long time i think we've been very well equipped to handle the brunt of the co- the the cosmic calamity of like current circumstances but uh, what i will say is that what i believe and this based on a, a significant amount of intel information cross-referencing information relentlessly decoding for the last uh where we was september 1st right now september 2nd yes third whatever it is um so like since january i'd say i've just been kind of like um just relentlessly trying to decode this whole thing and um it's it's now it's now revealed itself to me in a in in kind of a um like again like a conclusion like a, a a story seeking conclusion and the story is the story of us the story of humanity, the story of how we got here. And so once we actually go back through historical references and we realize that history was, history happened one way, but it was told another, mm. right? History happened one way, but we, we were sold a whole laundry list of stories in little cliff notes about pretty significant things that have taken place in the transition points of our, our you know, our ancestry, which by the way, epigenetically has a direct effect on us now. Mm. Um, and, and that that in of itself is just a profound discovery, but we are, we are literally at the epoch point. This is the time that we've all been waiting for, mm. right? I don't see this as a crisis or even a crisis of consciousness. If I were to say this is a crisis of anything, it's a crisis of perspective. Right. A lot of people just they, they don't have perspective. They can't wrap their head around kind of the bigger picture. And, and I get that. Um, but it should be obvious enough that what once was no longer will be. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of us, I'm sure you can you can comment on this. We've been waiting for something to shift. Mm. Right, because we knew this thing just wasn't sustainable. We thought it was going to happen in 2012. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel, I feel like if you, if if we rework the mathematics on all that, and and maybe if Terrence McKenna was still here, he would have reworked his his uh, you know his theories on 2012. And and um, you know, I, I feel like what we what a lot of people were anticipation about with 2012 is actually happening now. And I think the, the mathematics got it off about eight years to the actual physical, tangible mm-hmm. event horizon that now we are we're you know, we're full on into. And there's so many people out there who 
literally thinks think that things are going to go back to normal in a few months or when a vaccine comes out or whatever and they haven't fully they don't have the understanding or the acceptance to understand that life is over as we know it Absolutely. absolutely and and how are they going to deal with that new normal when it kick the new normal hasn't even kicked in yet right yeah. How how are they going to mentally handle that come, let's just say, 2021, 2022, somewhere in there? Yeah, that man, what a yeah, you're just you're just you're just uh, you're not pulling any punches here. So th- this is great. I mean, I- I've given this considerable thought. In fact, this is the primary kind of focus of my mind is really what comes after this? What comes after between now and November? Because be, be reassured, like everything that's happening is leading up to November. Um, and that, that's not a political statement, by the way. This is people that think this has anything to do with politics are, are caught up deep in the theatrical production. Like that whole thing is so scripted. And I'm not saying it's necessarily even a malevolent script. All I'm saying is that... <clears throat> It's a script. It's literally like a show. It's like a movie reel. I, my favorite metaphor is it's professional wrestling. D- dude, that, that's come up a number of times lately. And especially, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, we can go all over the place with this. But that, that really is like, and that's the perspective thing, right? Like when you have a perspective, it, 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 it helps organize all the information and put it into place. And this is why when we get caught up on the internet and reading online articles and, and kind of this fragmented bits and pieces of information with or without context or deeper understanding, um, the, the way that the human mind has been conditioned is in this binary kind of impulse response reaction kind of, um, uh, kind of condition. And it's very left brain dominant. There's not a lot of uh, right brain activation or right brain hemisphere balance. And, and we need that right now more than ever because that's what's going to allow us to create the innovation to serve in what I believe is going to be the rehabilitation of humanity. That, that's what I really feel more than anything. That This is what we're moving towards. Um, and that, that's a beautiful thing. And it's also this acknowledgement that, yes, um, what what's what's happening and what's on the other end of this. And when I say under this, I'm, I'm really speaking very short timeline here. I'm not talking about a year from now or two years. I'm talking about the next month to two months. And then following November, um, all I can say based on my knowledge and my piecing together of things is that the, the, the dominoes are, the dominoes have been falling extremely quick, um, but it's going to be, it's going to be unavoidably obvious to the public. And that's really what the, the theatrical show is actually all about. It's a slow controlled demolition of culture is the best way of saying it. A slow demolition, a dissolving of the holographic projection of, of celebrity icons, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, just the whole, the whole, the whole bit. I mean, you, you know it, we, we can see it. It's not, it's, I don't even necessarily need to explain. I'm happy to go deeper into it, but I just, just, I think everyone knows what I mean. And especially when listening to this, you, you've seen it like the, you've seen the disillusion of Hollywood. You've seen the disillusion of, of, you know, um, celebrity culture and the inversion of logic, the inversion, the inverted symbolism, the inverted um, morality, um, or lack thereof altogether. 
Um, it's just being completely put in our face and it's being put in our face. So we have the opportunity to wake up. That's this right. is all about us waking up, seizing our power. It's and, like a device. So that device yeah. catalyst. It's, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Not too long ago, I saw you, you put out a video, I believe on your Instagram where you were doing um, sort of a, a shaking dance. Some people would call it a Kundalini dance and you were getting rid of certain energies what what were you doing there can you describe that yeah so um what what that's called is neurogenic tremoring mm. so in nature the mammalian nervous system is designed to discharge um uh cascading chemical uh, chemical cascade of of stress so whenever we whenever an animal for example is under the threat of being attacked or being hunted, if it gets away, then it takes about 30 minutes, or 30 minutes, 30 seconds, or a little bit longer, completely just convulsively sh shaking out. Mm. And what's happening is the nervous system is discharging all that influx of stress chemicals, all that cortisol, that adrenaline, um, all that, and it's discharging it immediately, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't store itself into the musculature and the neuromusculature of the body and, and build up, right? Animals have this innate instinct and we have this same design. In fact, ours is far more sophisticated. Um, however, it takes conscious effort for us. It's not necessarily just instinctual, although I think we, we have the instinct to do these things, but we have to retrain and reteach ourselves how to be human Mm. Uh, and so that's what that really is. It's, it's just really just, it's shaking out the body mm. and letting, letting the, the, the circuitry and the circulatory system just open up, right? just move the energy. And that it's just really like that. That's really like energetic hygiene, all that, mm. all the, the energy that builds up in the system and creates kind of this stagnation and this, um, you know, sore, soreness and all yeah. that well, when I first saw it, the first thing I thought of was Osho the Bhagwan, man. He created a meditation back in the 70s, maybe even the 60s, called dynamic meditation. And he had people do things like that, plus jumping up and down and dancing. Mm -hmm. And after they spent time doing that, then he had them lay down and go into a silent meditation. Yeah. Yes. Back then, people didn't know what was happening, and they accused him of like, devil worship and all that now if somebody came along and saw you doing that <laughs> people are gonna be like what's wrong with this dude yeah i've also seen you doing cold therapy mm -hmm. in an ice bath yes. and of course you have to do breath work to really handle that of course this was kind of made famous in the modern era by wim hof i've experimented with just a little bit it looks like you really, no pun intended, really dove into it. So tell me about cold therapy and what it, how it helps you. Yeah, I mean, well, look, cold therapy is 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 the ultimate therapeutic um, tool that we have. I mean, Wim Hof says that cold is his teacher. Cold is his spiritual guru. And what's interesting about the cold is that, <clears throat> like, cold water concentrates energy. Right. So when you freeze water or it gets really it gets to that really, really cold point the the the, the water molecules, they, they bond together really tight. And so it concentrates that energy together. And you notice if you go into a cold shower or you jump into a cold river or an ice bath, 
immediately what happens like all that energy it just it all just contracts together and 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 you forces you to go into this breathing rhythm and then you then you start working with it and all of a sudden you have a tremendous amount of stored bioelectric energy you have real energy and it's almost immediate and if you had a fog you had some kind of a hangover or you you're just kind of you had this kind of foggy energy hanging over you um it helps discharge that and and push that push that away and that's where the clarity the mental clarity that comes on it just wakes us up right mm. but the interesting thing about hot water which we've all been conditioned to take hot showers and, right. and kind of you know, slowly kill ourselves through comfort, the hot water disassociates those bonds and they start to move out, right? Um, uh, the same thing when you heat up fat molecules, they, they, dis they disentangle and start to spread out and expand. Um, then energy starts to expand and become disorganized. So the cold helps to organize the energy. It structures the energy, in other words, just like all all spring water that comes out of <clears throat> the aquifer, it comes out of the spring, it comes out cold. And the colder the water is, the more structured the water is, and chances are it has the most diversity of <clears throat> you know, biological life, you know, beneficial bacteria in it, um, and all those kind of things. So it's, it's kind of an interesting, it's a kind of interesting way to think about it. So if you want to experience more energy and you want to structure your body mm. um, and or have this self-organizing machine called your body, it knows what to do. You just have to give it the right conditions, the right environment, and the right dose of whatever the medicine is. In this case, cold is is the ultimate medicine for your for your entire body, for your for your mind as well. Yeah, not only that, but I would like to add also that hot water opens up your pores. Yes. And yes. if we're if we're bathing in tap water, which is pretty much what we do, that's our choice. I mean, that's our that's what we're given. Whatever's in that tap water is going into our bloodstream. I ran into a gentleman at a at an ashram once and he carried with him a Berkey, a Berkey water filter, the mini one. He brought it with him wherever he went mm -hmm. and he set it up and he did his water. And I was like, yeah, but what about the, what about your showers, man? He was like, I just take cold showers. <laughs> He's like, nothing's going in my bloodstream. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's a great point. That's, that's a very good point for people to understand yeah when you when you take hot showers it opens up the pores it opens up the circulation vents and um and just so people know tap water and the water running through your piping system is most likely um it's most likely encoded and codified so many different known particulates chemicals um pharmaceutical runoff homeopathic doses of pharmaceutical runoff um, just the, the recycling of the municipal water supply. Like, so I'd really just advise people, you really got to get filters. You really got to get shower filters, yeah. um, you know, and, and otherwise you become the filter, right? If you don't, if you don't filter your water, you become the filter yourself. And then your body yeah. has filtered through all that stuff. Mm. And uh, that's just, that's not, that's not fun. That's not the best ever, right? That's a great point.
Are you taking cold showers every day? Is that part of your... Yeah, I, well, I'm at the point where like hot showers are uncomfortable to me. Wow. They're just, they feel uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good unless it's like a super hot day or something. But even now I notice like, I just, I do a lot of uh, jumping in the, the river and uh, like almost every day, um, you know, cold showers, uh, pretty much, yeah, like for the most part, cold showers, because my, my body's internal thermostat, it, it's regulated itself at this point. So, so when you do this kind of thing, you, you have to kind of, you have to, uh, you can easily shock your system, which is not a bad thing. Um, that, that creates something called hormetic stress response, which is, um, you know, hormesis. It's, it's a process where your body receives certain amounts of stress in different ways, and your body becomes stronger because of it. it becomes more resilient. It becomes more adaptogenic, mm. uh, and that's in that we need that. We become too comfortable where our immune system is literally been lulled to sleep. You know, and so you know what we see right now with with all the malarkey going on with the so-called pandemic and all the numbers, and they keep changing. The goalpost keeps changing. Everything. <laughs> One thing that's clear is that it really all comes down to your immune system, and your immune system is is it has an innate system and it has an adaptive system and your adaptive system is the backup immune system that that kicks on when the frontline uh leukocytes the white blood cells get overwhelmed and then you have this backup supply um that comes in and then just and, and takes over well a lot of people they don't have that adaptive system um, kicking on very well because they're not, they, they haven't been able, they haven't adapted very well. They've, they've literally been maladapted to stress, trauma, doubt, worry, processed food, toxic relationships, yeah. uh, negative uh, thought spirals, and all that has an effect on our immunological health. So when we, when we see these things, um, you know, these, these different claims or numbers or whatever, um, We've got to remember that there's multiple factors going on here, and this has nothing to do with a virus. You know, and that's a whole, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole tirade in of itself. Mm. This has to do with empowering your immune system first and foremost. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you and I have been running parallel for a while. Mm. I, I think we both got into the holistic health business around the same time, around 2010, 2011. Yeah. Exactly. I've always uh, appreciated your due diligence. You're clearly a researcher, mm. a hardcore researcher. You do your homework and then you present that homework to whoever wants to listen. Uh, mm -hmm. You've written four books. You've gone at this pretty hardcore over the last 10 or so years. How have you been able to handle the holistic health business let's mm. talk the business side is a whole other animal totally how has that given you advantages and disadvantages what are the pros and cons that you've dealt with over the last 10 years or so when you have this understanding and this knowledge and you want to help people but at the same time you have you have to run a business yeah. Because there's this thing called electricity, you got to keep the lights on, you got to pay the bills, and and there's this tug of war going on because it's not a regular job. No, it's it's not, and definitely not in uh, this year. Like anything other than than ordinary procedures at all. Um, you know, over the last ten years, it's definitely been a, a full on 
journey and the entrepreneurial journey didn't really start until I'd say like really like six years ago is when I really started to <clears throat> adopt more of an entrepreneur mindset. Before then, I was just writing my books. I was, I was touring around speaking. Um, I would dabble in different things like that, but I, I didn't really like have an entrepreneurial identity. It was more like kind of <clears throat> the, the original David Wolf model and just kind of running around speaking and writing books and, and, um, and promoting the message and, and um, really just doing, doing that anywhere I could. And then eventually I realized that I needed to, I needed to like really like get structured and organized. I really needed to get this money thing figured out mm. and this, this, how do I, how do I create a legitimate business, an online business, a coaching practice? How do I start putting together online courses? How do I take my books and translate that into <laughs> like a video course yeah. and, um, and then start to, start to be able to create an online business that can allow me the freedom to take care of myself, live the lifestyle that I want, have a certain amount of abundance at any given time, but certainly to take care of all the basics and get myself going. And, and it's been a wild ride. <clears throat> it's been a wild ride in that yeah. part. And I, I certainly have not cracked the code um, per se. I, I, I'm definitely at that place now where I feel like everything is finally coming together. Um, but over this last, you know, little less than a decade, um, it's just been a fly of fly of the pants kind of thing. It's just been like learning as I go, making mistakes, fumbling forward, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of like getting out of my comfort zone and a lot of like reaching out to people and, and engaging with people, having conversations, getting on the phone with people, yeah. talking to people, um, you know, and that's really the key to success. Um, you know, and that's, that's the thing we all have to get really comfortable with again, especially people that have become very, um, adapted to social media and, and internet communication. And even people that have been, you know, crushing it in internet marketing and stuff, we have to get, we have to actually adapt back to connecting with real people and developing relationships. Um, because that's, that's really where the transference of, of wealth or the transference of, of financial abundances the exchange of, of goods and services in the exchange for resources it, it happens through a conversation that's right it happens through some kind of exchange between two people right. and um and especially now what i what i've also been tracking is through this whole process of this unearthing of everything in our world and i think the 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 emerging model of of conscious entrepreneurship um, not to say that the, the prior models, like business models, aren't going to be there. I think it's going to be a different consciousness model. It's going to be a different servant, like a servant leader type of model mm. where it's all about service. It's all about not just providing value, but truly serving, whatever that means. And, and ultimately serving means I'm helping people. I'm helping animals. I'm helping children. I'm helping the ecosystem. I'm helping whatever. It's, it's all about helping mm. Putting that at the forefront, and um, and then you know whatever whatever the whatever the thing is the, the the business that that comes as an effect as a byproduct of of front loading service right. and going out there and really being about helping people. Um, that that's that that's that's what I see us moving into.
Yeah, you know, I brought I brought this topic up because I went through it and, you know, I I went hardcore with the marketing and everything and I you know, I was working with sick people. Mm-hmm. I was working with people with chronic illnesses and it's heavy stuff. And then on top of it, I'm like, well, how do I expand? And it's this whole rabbit hole of, you know, funnels and social media ads and and man, I burnt myself out, totally burnt myself out in 2018. It culminated into a let go, an awakening. (laughs) And I became the inner peace guy because that's what happened to me. I hardly ever talk about diet and nutrition anymore. It's it's been almost eliminated out of my vocabulary because I saw, I saw you, walk in the same path i mean i don't know what you were feeling obviously but yeah. uh, i saw it and you us being around the same age you know i was like yeah man like i remember when you came out with your mastery program mm, mm. and i was like that's a lot of work i was like that's a, that dude's doing a lot of work and a lot of work doesn't always lead to a lot of money that that is that is definitely true. <laughs> that is definitely true. And sometimes we can get into a state of, you know, I'm gonna bang this out, and you know, we put in so much work, and then the results aren't there like we want them to be, and we can become very disappointed in that. And, you know, our ego is triggered, and I see a lot of people going through this. I also used to. Um, teach up and coming people in the health field uh, through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. They hired me to be a, a teacher. Uh, this is back in the day, and I would see people come in so spunky, so excited, man. And then you saw the word health coach everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. The, the health coach title has been demolished. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean what it did and i see these people go into the business and it doesn't work out and we saw this with a mutual friend of ours layla layla salvade who was on this podcast she was a student of mine at iin and you know we didn't even know we were running similar spiritual paths behind the scenes she was going to a zen monastery when i was getting into some zen stuff and and boom she had awakenings and and you know she, you know health and nutrition is a thing of the past for her she's teaching people how to awaken their heart yeah i you you could have never told me i'd be doing an inner peace podcast and talking about the spiritual stuff you know five years ago never mind 10 years ago i thought i was going to be talking about Vitamins and minerals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I see, I see a pattern of people coming in and, you know, perhaps when we're old and gray in another 20 years, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about something completely different. Well, I can definitely guarantee that we will be talking about something completely different because the relevancy of our times is forcing a new narrative to emerge. So we're, we're letting go of a lot of these trivial type of things and not to say in, in the nutrition and diet aspect is, is anything other than trivial, but 
it's kind of like once you've mastered that dimension and, and you've you've made your way through that entire like minefield, you, you kind of just develop a competency that ha there's universal principles, right? Like health has universal principles and then you can, you can sophisticate it as much as you want. But what I've found is that ultimately simplifying things is, is ultimately the, the road towards truth. It's simple, it's tried and true, it's universal truth. And, um, you know, there's different body types and different metabolisms and different microbiome dispositions and different things like that. But that, that's, that doesn't take away from the, the principles themselves. It just means some people might need different specifications, different types of dietary approaches um, and that kind of thing. And I think for me, that had always been a perspective that I had adopted very early on was that there's no one size fits all for anybody. And there's so many different phases and cycles, mm. even hormonal cycles that we go through, um, you know, in, in the, 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 you know, the, the chronological process of, of, I don't like to say aging anymore. And I think, um, you know, the number one cause of death is aging. Mm. And that, that's actually, that's more so like a biological fact. It's, it's so this whole thing on like aging is a bit of a program in of itself maybe different topic for different day to get deep into, but, um, you know, it, it, but it's, it's really about the principles really are about like life force. How do I, how do I cultivate more life force within me? How do I steward my energy? How do I manage my energy? If I want more time and I'm trying to manage time, then I'm going to age myself quickly because I'm stuck in this, this time space continuum. I'm stuck in this, this, this obsession with time and that actually time actually compresses upon us the more we focus on it and we lose time and we lose quality of time um, and it goes very quickly and that's how that and that's how you know our biological clock gets hijacked you know yeah. through this obsession of time and counting and measuring and managing really what we need to do is just manage our energy because if we manage our energy then we will be more effective with the time that we have at any given moment. Um, and that's been a huge lesson for me in the last couple of years, and especially in the last couple of months, is that I, the, all of this has forced me to be very present. Mm. You know, like I have a lot of goals and stuff. It's like, I mean, mm, like for a good four months, I had no goals. I mean, that's the thing that I'm doing and I'm working on, but like not with any serious like motivational force to like, get a goal a month or two months or three months. I'm just tracking the, the, the unfolding of events mm -hmm. moment by moment, multiple times a day, every day, week by week, month by month. And, and, and tracking the, the conclusion point of this particular iteration that we've all been living through and preparing for the, the transition into what will be. Something you just said, though, that stood out to me was that you said you didn't have any goals for four months. Explain. Um, well, my buddy David Wolf really said it best when he said, I've just gotten out of believing things and gotten into entertaining possibilities. And so for me, it's, it's, not, it's not so much anymore of like projecting a definite outcome or, or, or specific goal, um, you know, traditional goal setting, 
you know, just having, having a goal and having a timeline and like mapping it out and reverse engineering it, all that, that I found has become a lot harder to track because things are, are moving so quickly. And, um, I'm, I'm unavoidably affected because I'm an, I'm, I'm an empath. So I, I feel I'm kind of a transmuter for, for, you know, everything going on. That's why I am such a researcher and that's why I am so obsessed with decoding things. Um, so I can, I can kind of reorganize what I'm feeling or what I'm intuiting, what I'm seeing, and then turn it into something that actually seems to make sense. And um, that, that's really been my job. And so that's a full-time thing in of itself. And that's taken priority over any like, oh, well, I got this business goal. I want to make so-and-so amount of money. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy with all that. I've just gotten to a place where I realize my priorities are not about that. My priorities are, you know, protection of women, children, um, you know, sentient beings, um, and, 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 and bringing God back into the conversation, quite frankly, mm. uh, because I just see we, we're, we're at the crossroads right now. So, I mean, that's, that's just really, that's really where I'm at with it right now. Um, I see that changing, but, but the goals, the goal thing is letting go of, it's not that I don't set objectives or have to-do lists. It's just that um, I'm very clear that this is a moment by moment by moment um, unfolding. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just like anybody feeling my way through it. And I'm taking what I receive, what presents itself to me um, moment by moment. And then I go with that. I go with the energy, in other words. I'm going where the energy takes me, where the, the, the hyper flow of synchronicity takes me. That's where I'm going. And if that leads to a financial breakthrough, which sometimes it does, or a business advancement um, or something with one of my projects, then great. But I'm not forcing it. I'm, I right. am not forcing anything anymore. Right. That, that's, really, that's really where I'm at with that. Goal is a key thing because you're or were a goal-oriented individual. You Absolutely. have to be mm-hmm. because you were going after, you were looking to be an Olympic athlete, weren't you? That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So you're competitive. Very competitive. But I, I, I'd say like more than just competitive, just driven to excel. Okay, like personal really, development. You want to make yourself better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about that too, when I was, when I was pursuing that particular timeline in my life, um, it wasn't so much that I was even setting goals. I was just fully immersed in the experience of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say, yeah, like the goal was to go to the Olympics, but that was more like, that was a vision. That's a, and that's a different thing here, like goals and vision. It's like, I was pulled by a vision. Right. And so maybe there's like milestone goals that are like, they're, they're the, the carrot. It's the carrot. The it's the carrot. carrot. Yeah. It's like, it's like this, like, it's like this, this um, reward for, for the work well done, mm. but it really wasn't about a goal. I'm just, these things are happening along the way. And that's the same thing when I got into the health world and I, I, I decided that I was going to be an author. It was like, well, then I just do what an author does. I just write. It was like, I'm a high performance athlete, a martial artist. It's not this whole thing. It's like, I just, that's just what I do. Like, that's just, you know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like the, the identity was so anchored in and it was reinforced through the repetition of my behavior that reflected the identity um, <clears throat> I don't really have to question it. I'm just, 
this is what I do. This is who I am. It's, it's not a big deal. And, and um, that tends to produce immediate results. Let's, let's talk about, let's go back to you being a martial artist. Uh, I read that you started when you were four mm-hmm. and you were influenced by none other than Bruce Lee. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very first influence in my life, actually. Yeah. What was your connection to him? What, what was it about him? So my first, my first conscious memory was of Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. can't remember where, where it was or what it was, but I just remember having uh, the scenes in that movie imprinted into my consciousness, and that's the first memory I, I can remember. And so it, it just kind of like left a, it left a mark, it planted a seed, um, and it, it uh, imprinted me for the rest of my life. And so Bruce Lee, I feel like, there's a, there's a lot I can say about him, but he was just larger than life. You know, even when he, obviously when I, when I came across him, he was, he was, you know, he had passed away in 1973. And so that was, uh, you know, that, so it was about like 10, 12 years, 1985. So about 12 years um, later. And it felt like I could feel his presence. I could yeah. feel his presence through his, 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 his movies and through his dynamicism and his, um, charisma and everything like there was just kind of this 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 energy there that I tuned into Mm. and I think that was the biggest thing in the beginning I just I just tuned into the energy eventually as I got older I studied more of his philosophy and and I could comprehend and understand the story and everything and I got really deep into the the stories and biographies of historical people um, especially in that particular timeline, you know, whether it was Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or Bruce Lee or um, Muhammad Ali, um, I really became interested in the stories, in the life stories of of many different characters. And I think I used that as some kind of some kind of developmental tool. I didn't have a father in my life, so mm. so I think that that void, that archetypal void, was filled by these these external role models that kind of showed me and role modeled me um, a particular, a particular vision. Mm. And that vision just came alive for me. And at some point in my, my, my mid teens, I really took it seriously. And then from there, it was just, I just transferred all that, that discipline and that, that structure that Bruce Lee had with all of his workouts Mm. and mapping out all of his workouts every day and tracking his progress and all of his exercises and the amount of reps and, and all that. And I, I, I adopted that, and then I just transferred it over to what I was doing. And so I, I, I got that discipline. I got that, that kind of systematic approach mm-hmm. to daily, um, you know, daily uh, 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 progress. Studying Bruce Lee, did that, did that serve as a catalyst to bring you to more Eastern religious and mystical traditions? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think I was definitely exposed to the Eastern philosophy um, very, very early on in meditation and, and especially as a, as a consequence of doing traditional martial arts and being around traditional martial arts masters and, and being around the Asian culture, whether it was the, the Korean Taekwondo culture, it was the Japanese samurai, Bushido, karate culture, it was um it was you know wing, wu, uh, wushu wing chung that that i kind of just got really really deep into just taking in everything i could about martial arts um mm. because it was my obsession it was my passion um 
So there's a lot of indirect and direct kind of influences in my mindset and, and how I became aware of you know, Eastern philosophy and, and then eventually more so the mysticism aspect that came along a little bit later, mm. um, more so in the last like five to 10 years, really, really strongly, but it, it just piggybacked everything else. It just, it just kind of came through as a next level understanding of what this, what these philosophies were really about, what, what um, the monks were able to do, mm. all the incredible feats they're able to do and the, the way they're able to control their their mind to control their body and literally melt ice just through thought alone and create you know heat attention um, yeah yeah attention intention powerful stuff mm -hmm. the jedi are real as i like to say absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much more i want to talk about but we we're running out of time i want to end with this how would you describe Bruce Lee's famous mm. statement? Just be water. Just be water. It, it can crash. It can flow. Be water, my friend. And really, so so water. You know, and again, like I mean, just talking about water in of itself is is one of my greatest passions, and have been for you know all these years. And it's it's the most profound exploration into any aspect of like health and you know hydration alone is just unbelievably fascinating and, and deep and, and uh, dug down rich. Um, but, you know, water, water reflects this, this adaptability. By the way, well, let me just say this about water. Water is the most ennobled substance in the world. And what I mean by that is that it, it, water is how spirit, the starting point, the source code origin point of how spirit manifests into the world is through water. Mm -hmm. right the hydrological cycle and then that that becoming spring water eventually and that spring and that's why spring water has been such a passion for me because it's encoded with the consciousness and the information of that particular ecosystem mm -hmm. out of that underground aquifer um and and that has very very deep meaning and and so the you know so what bruce lee is saying is is not is not um surface level but the but the but the basic of it is like you got to be adaptable you got to be able to flow you cannot be rigid and that and, and so what this is interesting too getting into the diet culture um bruce lee's philosophy influenced me hugely because i became aware that the diet culture is so riddled with with just aberrant belief systems and just complete nonsense that, you know, people are just running around, you know, proposing this diet and this diet and getting into these debacles and arguments and fighting against each other. And it's like, whoa, 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 what is this? What is going on? Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with health. Um, it's really just like, these are just experiments at best. But I saw that stand, that, that, ri that religiosity rigid, kind of attitude play out in the diet world and i just took this perspective of like actually we need to drop diets forever we need to get onto the live it mm. and start living it and get off diets altogether because diets are killing us and we need to get off that and that was really bruce lee's whole thing is like i'm going to break down the fixed rigid patterns of classical martial arts in the mess and the ineffective and the sloppiness or just just the fancy movements that and routines that lead nowhere, mm. right? And he was just like break down all the non-essentials 
and what remains is what is true. And that and that's and that's really actually been my journey in the whole health world is just 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 like going through everything, breaking it all down, and then ten years later, um, just seeing what's left over and be like, okay, that then that that's that's what's true. <laughs> be water, my friend. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Ronnie. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Ronnie's one of those people you want to keep your eye on for many years to come because he will evolve and do more research and more decoding and uh, he'll have findings for you. <laughs> As for me, of course, you can find my meditation album on Spotify, Apple, I'm also in the process of launching a Patreon page so that this podcast can be supported and I can provide you with exclusive content. If you're looking for more of my work, go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelled out. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.